Are you about to disparage my mother's art? <laughs> Fuck you, Alex Schneidman. <laughs> Cut that shit out. I don't want to hear that in your podcast. I don't want to hear you. Oh my god, Anna's on at the offensive today. <laughs> Hello everyone, and welcome to Showdown 2023. The same musical theater bracket podcast you love, just with a new name. This year, it's all about Tony performances. My name is Alex Schneidman. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Showdown, an ultimate musical theater bracket podcast where we're trying to find the best Tony performance freaking ever. We have four songs left, which means we have two matchups left, which means we have two excellent panelist judges to... (laughs) to steward us across the Rubicon into the finals. Um, oh my God. Yeah, whoa, whoa. Um, <laughs> so here we have Anna and Sarah. And Anna, since you're first on my screen, you, you get to introduce yourself first. Amazing. <clears throat> Hello, my name is Anna Basile. Um, I am, I, I am. <laughs> you are. You are, babe. I am, I'm, 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 uh, Theater teacher and clown located in Providence, Rhode Island, here recording with my sweet dog sleeping in the background. And uh, full disclosure, I watched all four of these Tony performances about half an hour ago, back to back, um, and it was a thrilling experience. And I'm, I'm glad that that's the way that I chose to operate today. Me too. Sarah? <laughs> Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm so glad to be back here um, on this excellent audio experience. Um, I Alex told me earlier that I'm giving Twitch streamer vibes, and I kind of would like to think about, you know, that energy going in. And I would also like to posit that if anybody is, you know, a Twitch streamer, uh, I don't know anything about Twitch, so this is going to come through. But if anybody is a streamer that like only comments on the Tony Awards, like if you're just streaming and commenting on the Tonys, I would watch that. So feel free to take that free idea and and run with it, you know? Oh, maybe one day my maybe, digital maybe media empire day. will grow. Um, <laughs> and, and Amazon will take 40% of my money. Yuck, uh, yuck. All right. Hazels. So, uh, either fortunately or unfortunately for our audience, one of these matchups is locked already by uh. the, public, the public vote. The public voted so overwhelmingly in favor of Dreamgirls over Fun Home that we won't even get a chance to talk about it, really. Um, you, you only need about 75% of the public vote to lock it out of uh judge conversation and it got 86 percent of the public Hello? um so Did people leave comments about why or just is that just uh? i think i think that's the comment in and of itself um oh wow it requires well, no comment if you if you'd like to uh to eulogize fun home i certainly would the floor is yeah. yours i so fun home is uh without a doubt one of my favorite musicals tied tied for top favorite musical with gypsy which couldn't be more different but love those guys um and that tony performance i think is incredibly um moving it's like 
you know, Fun Home was like the darling of the theater community, I feel like at the time, but a lot of people didn't really know about it or they didn't know about the graphic memoir. You know, it wasn't like widely read uh, by, you know, your average show. Um, so I think one of the really cool things about the Tony performance is that it brought one of the most um, intimate and sweet and like moving moments of the show to a huge wider audience, which is, in my opinion, the best thing that the Tonys does is like bring moments of theater to everybody. Um, and I mean, Sydney Lucas is just literally perfect. Like for, for both of these fun home and dream girls, I would like to say these are incredible, um, examples of why we should be leading into our Tony performances with a little snippet of a scene, like a little scene let coming into the song just to ground us in the story, to give us like a sense of tone. Um, you know, I, I just think it's like, it's perfection. Um, but obviously, Jennifer Holiday, you just can't, you just can't. There, There's just, there's no, you know, she's it. So, so RIP, uh, <laughs> sweet, sweetie little, uh, Mini Allison. What, what's her name? Little Allison? Little yeah. Tiny Allison? Yeah. yeah. Something like that. <laughs> Teeny I think tiny Allison. Is like medium Allison? I don't know. The second one is medium Allison because I personally would like to play medium Allison and nobody's mm. giving me that opportunity. Um, and yeah. I, I'm honestly angry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so angry. <laughs> wow. Um, yes. <laughs> I would like to add, here's what I was thinking about. And I wonder... Are we, uh, well, regardless, it doesn't matter. So I get to decide um, because it's already locked. I was thinking about the fact that the Fun Home performance to me felt like so much more aware of the camera than the than the Dream Girls performance. The Dream Girls, were, it, was, it was bonkers. It was weird. The scene beforehand, in my opinion, was strange. I felt like the Fun Home performance was like, yeah crafted for the person watching at home as opposed to the people watching in the theater. And that feels like, an, for, for me, an important part, like Sarah was saying. Everyone who's there already is aware in some, to some degree, but the people who are watching at home are not as aware. Um, and I also was really uh, struck by the fact that I thought and I don't even know her name, T Teeny Tiny Allison. Sydney I thought her, Lucas. I thought her beats were like crystal clear, but I was really, I was like, wow, I can follow every single moment. And the fact, oh my gosh, when they zoomed in and her little eyeballs move mm -hmm. and she sees the person with the ring of keys, but the, the person's not there, that feels more theatrical to me than what was happening anyway. Well, you also do have to remember that Dreamgirls was 1982. I remember. <laughs> you remember. I'm just saying it for everybody at home. Yeah, Maybe yeah, yeah, forgot. Yeah. It's 1982. I think that they were going for like, give us a snippet. You know, they were like, here's a snippet of what you would see if you came to New York and you went to our theater. And I actually do think but that. But is that true? I mean, that's, that's I mean, like. I think yes. Does that, yes. does that moment. No, I mean, does that moment in Dreamgirls actually represent the whole musical? Or is it like, let us show you the part that melts your face off, but is not necessarily the like the perfect representation of the show in a snippet. I mean, 
it's a really good question that we can continue to ponder <laughs> and that the general public has decided for us. So you yeah. think about it on your own time, Anna. Uh, what? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, Fun Home is like by far my favorite performance in the entire bracket. I am sad to see it go. Um, I, I was gunning for it. This performance is basically the reason I chose to do this theme for the bracket. Um, oh, wow. So uh, my little heart, it whimpers. Oh, um, it whimpers for it. It, it whimpers. Um, <laughs> but uh, that is that is how the story goes. That's That's, you know, sometimes life just does it to you. Um, you know, that's the showdown. And you know what they say? You know what they say? They say that's the bitch of living. And you oh. know what? You know what that means. No. That means it's time to talk about <laughs> Spring Awakening 2007 versus The Color Purple 2016. Uh, uh. Woo-woo! <laughs> I am so excited. Um, I feel like a lot of people have talked about Spring Awakening uh, at length, and they uh, you know, have expressed their own teenage relationship to Spring Awakening. And unfortunately, I'm going to say I'm going to do the same thing because it's important (laughs) to me. So so Spring Awakening to me was, to borrow a phrase from another podcast I love, the moment that I said theater is for me. Yeah, I was like, this is it. Um, And I remember watching this Tony performance live, having already listened to the original Broadway cast album, having been um, a pastor's kid growing up in suburban Minnesota uh, who could not imagine uttering a swear word to save her life and just feeling like I was finally seen in a way, you know, like my insides that were at war with themselves constantly that wanted to like ricochet off the walls were being visually represented on stage in like a really clear way or at least at the time in my ears, they were being represented. And when I saw them visually represented, when I saw those children with, I mean, they're not children, they are young adults. When I saw those young adults being children and then Leah Michelle, an actual child, standing on that stage, just radiating tension and anger and um, like ferocity, I was like, whoa, that... I, that's me. <laughs> that's me, a mild-mannered pastor's kid. But inside of my body, that was me. And when they start to jump all over the place, I don't know, it just unlocked something for me. And it made me say, I need to see this show. And it made my parents be like, okay, you can see that show because they didn't actually know what it was about, <laughs> which I think is the beauty of that Tony performance. You're not seeing any of the really sexy bits you're seeing a couple swears. My parents were like, okay, a couple swears. It's about German teens, you know? And I was like, yeah, totally. They're always swearing. About German teens. Um, And then I got to go see the tour, you know? So like, you know, talking earlier about the purpose of the Tonys, I think a lot of people uh, or a lot of judges this season have talked about the marketing aspect of the Tonys, which is huge, right? But I think the marketing aspect uh, extends past New York, obviously, to the entire country for the possibility of tours of these shows. Um, And a lot of those are targeting, you know, theater kids in the middle of a cornfield nowhere who are going to beg their parents to 
buy these tickets. And that's exactly what I did when I saw Spring Awakening. Wow. Very thorough. Um, I'm going to take the opposite route of Sarah, who is, um, what's the word, articulate and uh, has, a, has, a real, <laughs> has a real thesis going on. Um, and I'm going to read to you some of my strange little notes that I wrote down. Things like, <laughs> well, I hated, again, what the camera is doing. I hate it so much. When the camera shakes, I get very upset. I do not feel that it helps. I don't like it. I don't like it. Uh, it feels so messy to me. I hate it when they're just jumping around. They're flailing. It doesn't feel specific. I don't like that they're holding microphones. I don't like. <laughs> I don't like Leah Michelle. Uh, um, How did you fit this all on this tiny little piece of paper? I was um, holding a slip of paper that is the size of a gas station receipt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the choreography is bizarre, and again, we are not allowed to see it because the camera changes position all the time. And every once in a while, you see someone going, <laughs> like, doing a very fast thing, but I don't get to experience what's actually happening. Uh, and there were no star performances, in my opinion, um, which when we get to The Color Purple, I think it's a perfect balance of solo performances and an ensemble performance. And this feels like everything Sarah was saying, like raw teen energy horny, horny teens, which I spend every day of my life with and, you know, not far off, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I like, I thought I, I didn't like the guy in the back who stands up and is like, it's a bitch. Like, Anna, are you <laughs> kidding me? Okay. I will let you have your own opinion, except for that you moment, which you I won't. think I will. You can think what you want about the shaky cam of it all. Like, sure. That's great. But the boy who stands on the chair turns his face skyward with his handheld microphone and says, bitch, just a bitch. That is required choreography at its best. Okay. That is when, <laughs> in tradition, when we all root to rise, scoop, scoop to the sky and we say tradition, in Wicked, when we say the wizard and I and we fling our hands backward and then forward, bitch, just the bitch is the crystallized perfection of that required choreography. It makes me okay. bust a gut laughing okay. every time I see it because it's so ridiculous I know. and so accurate. You're just like, that's what you would do if you were a teen boy. You'd be on the chair. Right, Alex? I, there's something <sighs> vaguely uh, phallic about it. So, like, it is. Like, I'm like, not <laughs> denying. I think you're right, Sarah. I think you're right. Uh, and also, I hate it. Um, I, d I didn't I, know we were going to fight today. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's just um, it's 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 it's. Why are they holding microphones? I come back to every time. Yeah, well, that's part of it's part of it. It's the concert experience of the show, right? Like the show is a con. Like that's just the concept of it. They what? pull the microphones out of their jacket pockets. Have you ever seen it? Yes, on YouTube. Oh, okay. So, like in the show, all the boys have the handheld mics in the like in the show. Actually, they but pull do them the girls out. Girls have it in their lasers. little slips. I don't know where the girls get them from. Straight out their boobs. But I think they do. I don't, I know. don't know. Maybe that was just like the vibe in two thousand seven at the Tonys. They're like, we don't have enough headsets. For yeah, everybody. and I so didn't you like guys it. Get the <laughs> 
don't know. I don't know. I just think like when they do one of the best moments in musical theater to me is when they're all standing facing forward and they do the blah blahs and the lights behind them are popping. And it's so, so, so effective. And it it's like obviously a goosebumps moment, but it's also a nostalgic moment for like when you're a teen and you just want to like scream. And so rarely do we as normal teens get that opportunity to just like yell and to watch all of these teens have that moment, I think is, is really cathartic, you know, for, for teens everywhere. It certainly was for me. When my high school boyfriend broke up with me, you know that I was imitating that choreography, jumping around my living room being like, totally, because I still wouldn't say the F word, but Mm -hmm. I was inspired by them Mm -hmm. because they weren't allowed to say the F word either. And they did it with panache. Uh, and sophistication, I well, think. Well, so. Alex is going to cut most of what you just said out uh, <laughs> in the second half it's of the... too much. No, okay. no. I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily. I mean, this this episode's going to be way shorter than, than all the other ones. Um, but we should talk about The Color Purple, which... Uh, yeah, yeah. ...is, is uh, you know, speaking of stars, Anna, is uh, chock full of them. I know, but mm. also has this perfect balance of solo moments and an ensemble performance. And I just, I don't know. It, mm, I'm not, Sarah has all of the, all of the words. She took them. I don't have many, <laughs> but I have my other tiny piece of paper. I have four. Um, <laughs> and I didn't have much to say aside from, I wrote ensemble. And solos in perfect balance. It captures all the good parts of the other three. Like it just is, is like a perfect, I don't know. It's got incredible solo moments, much like Dreamgirls. It's got like strong, well, maybe it doesn't have, when I think about the fun home one, maybe that is not, but anyway. And then the Spring Awakening, which is like this wonderful, (laughs) you know, pubescent, ensemble moment it also has so wonderfully i think that's where we're at is that sarah just leans into um pubescent rage a little bit more than i do and i sure do just aesthetically (laughs) just aesthetically we're not aligned in this moment um yeah i don't know it feels i mean maybe the only thing i would say about it is it's like too polished maybe but I don't know. No, <laughs> no, no, it's you're not. not a judge. You're not a judge. Get out I of here. know, but I, I, th- this one is like so obvious to me. And I know like, I'm trying to find anything to say about it. Cause like even the moments that are like super raw are also just like perfect. So is it too perfect? <laughs> is it, is theater meant to be that perfect? Well, I can, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. I agree. I agree with like everything that you're saying about the color purple. I think this is actually a really tricky mashup because, or matchup, not mashup, although I would love to see that. <laughs> color purple spring awakening mashup. Um, I think it's a tricky matchup because uh, they are like really different in a lot of ways. And I think they're both incredibly effective. And I think they're both speaking to the general population in really different ways. Like the color purple was, you know, if fun home was kind of like the best kept secret, the color purple was like, everybody knew about it. I feel like it was on good morning America. It was like, you know, pretty widely broadcasted and specifically Cynthia Rebu and her performance was like 
lauded pretty heavily by the time the Tonys happened. Hmm. So I think that they were really smart in uh, like developing their Tonys performance to really reflect what people wanted to see, right? People were like, we want to see Danielle, we want to see Heather, and we want to see Cynthia because we know that those are the big three, the trifecta. Um, we're going to start you off with a church service and we're going to give you sermon after sermon that's going to like leap you out of your feet, you know, out of throw your, your feet. hands in the air. Out of your feet, right out of your feet, right out of your seat. You know? Just leave the feet. Just leave the feet behind. You're going to ascend up into the sky like Rihanna at the Super Bowl halftime show. Wow. Um that was good. So, so here's here's what we're gonna we're gonna vote. Um, we're gonna we're gonna tie this up right okay. now. Well, um, or untie it. We'll see what happens. Um, Anna, you have five votes. Since uh-huh. you're first on my screen, you get to go first. Oh wow. Okay, th- but this is not. I don't have to do anything with Fun Home and Dream Girls, right? No, no, no. That's just, done. That's done. <sighs> yeah. Uh, well. I know that Sarah's going to – no, I don't know what Sarah's going to do. I'm going to say – You have no idea what I'm going to do. Get out of my face. (laughs) This is really antagonistic. I miss you so much. And last time we recorded this podcast, I also walked away feeling not as smart as Sarah. And so I'm trying so hard to fight for my (laughs) – You're doing great, Anna. You're bringing a lot of heart to this. I know. But what does that mean? It means that I'm stumbling over my words. Get to the vote, says Alex. Um (laughs) – I'm going to say <laughs> my two tiny pieces two of paper. Two tiny pieces of paper. Can Look, I... I have them all. There's four. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I'm going to give four to the color purple and one to Spring Awakening. Sarah? That's a really good choice. I support you. Um, I will say, I just want to say one more thing really quickly, Alex, that you know the moment when Cynthia Revo says, I'm beautiful, and she looks at Heather Headley, and then she says, I'm beautiful, and she looks at yes. Danielle. Um, I think about that once a month, and I have looked at myself in the mirror and and said, I'm beautiful, and started crying, like, a lot of times <laughs> in my life. So it is really effective. Um, that being said, I think I'm going to give three votes to Spring Awakening and two votes to Color Purple. All right. <laughs> Um, so, so, um, you guys basically voted exactly in line with the public vote. Uh, the public vote was 65 to 35 in favor of the color purple. I'm so relieved. Um, and you gave color purple six of your votes and, uh, it goes to the next round, which the next round is the finals. Um, so finals. Yeah. I know. What's going to happen? Dream I, Girls v. Color Purple? How who, do you even? I don't know. I well, do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Anna's like, Dream yeah, Girls. I'm over this. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not over it. It's just a solo performance. <laughs> All right. So now, now is your opportunity, uh, panelist judges, to uh, plug anything you want to plug. <sighs> Uh, what do I want to plug today? I want to, oh, he's yawning. Um, I want to plug, I want to plug the, the deep, the, oh no, I'm going to plug. Okay. Yesterday I had a birthday party. Um, and I 
was so brave and I told my friends that they could roast me or toast me. What? Um, I know, but you I did told that? I know. And I told I asked them to be gentle about it, but I'm just going to plug the concept of growth because you two might be two of my most ferocious roasters and every time it happens I feel so sad, but I love you anyway, and I have grown. So, congratulations. This is 29. Uh. This is the beginning of my Saturn return. Everything is burning down, and I will rise. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for you, honey. Sarah, do you have anything you'd like to uh, share with the with the class? This is 30. Yeah. <laughs> this is 30. Um... So this will come as a surprise to literally no one who maybe views my Instagram stories, if, if you're a viewer. Um, but I recently finished the entire uh, seven book series of Lee Bardugo's The Grishaverse, which starts with the Shadow and Bone trilogy, then goes to the Six of Crows duology, and then goes to the King of Scars duology. And if you are somebody who is looking for something to scratch your uh, dare I say it, Harry Potter itch? You know, we're, we're not even going to talk about the the Max series. D- don't worry, I'll, I'll bleep it. I'll bleep yeah. it. Don't please, worry. Please, please bleep it. Yeah, scratch if my if Harry. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you're looking for something to um, feed your soul <laughs> in the same way that maybe you know a seven book series about young magicians. Wizards. They they do magic. Magician is the catch-all term for wizards and witches. That's what I think. Sorcerers, I feel like. But whatever. (laughs) Okay, well, ask ask anyone. They'll tell you the same. Um, Anyway, the Grishaverse is incredible. I know one, uh, Sam Sam Mueller, uh, who was a judge last week, would uh confirm this for me uh we have spent many hours talking about it on instagram message um it's it's magic it's war it's dark and it's funny um there's a lot of love if you like a heist you can start with the six of crows duology which is all about a heist and it is unbelievable um and a lot of people will disparage the king of scars duology uh, I would say worth it, especially if you are going to listen to the audiobooks, which are all read to you by Lauren Fortgang, who is an incredible uh, reader, actor, lover of Lee Bardugo. So the Grishaverse seven book series by Lee Bardugo um, is what I would like to plug uh, from now until the day I die. All right. Well, thank you, friends, for recording this pod with me. Sorry um, for fighting. Uh, no, fighting, yeah, is, sorry. Fighting, Sarah, fighting is good. Sarah's rhetorical strength is knowing names, and mine is not. And, and you know what? You know what is really like a problem in, in rhetoric and debate is when people think like things like knowing individual facts, like what year something happened or like the names of particular people, like discredit or or you know, doesn't allow the other person who doesn't know all those things to have an opinion on the thing. Sarah um, allowed me to have an that opinion. That is true. She's gracious. No, Sarah, 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 Sarah did a great job. Anyway, you guys, thank so you. Did Stop. So thank did you so much. <laughs> <did a> <laughs> Thank you, listeners, for listening. And of course, listeners, please go vote on the finals between Dream Girls 1982 and the Color Purple 2016. 
Go Thanks. Bulls!